confession, and he was just bringing up a reminder of how, like, because sometimes I get frustrated because I can get angry really easily or annoyed with people really easily. And he brought up this good point where it was, like, for people who, like, maybe haven't fallen into a sin in a long time and then they do or they keep falling into a sin. He was like, it's not like a Jenga thing where you, like, sin and then the whole pile of blocks falls over and you have to start from scratch all over again. Once you go to confession, you just start where you left off. Which it's good to think about because you can kind of get dis- like discouraged when you sin or you fall into this sin. And this is not what I'm talking about. This is not my topic. But um, And you just think, oh, it's all over. I'm just going to be done now. Or like you really get discouraged and you just feel like you're a failure. Which in reality, you're not. But a lot of people tend to um, fall into that. Uh, let's see. So, um, I remembered at work that I was going to be doing the teaching um, today, and so I had this in my mind when I was at work that I would just be taking some stories from um, Father Donald Calloway's Champions of the Rosary. Father Corey got this for me for like, was it my 19th birthday? (laughs) You wrote a note in here, so I know when he got it for me. Um, but I really like this book. Like, you could pick up wherever, like, you could just go to a random page and you would, it's not like where you have to be reading a certain part of the book, or like the entire book to actually understand what's going on. Um, so I was just going to read a couple of the stories of people who were really involved in the rosary, like the Marian movement, I guess we could call it just to encourage us, because I feel like sometimes I um, don't want to pray my rosary, which I'm sure everybody's like that, or you just need a little bit of encouragement or inspiration. Um, so the first person that I'm going to be taking, or talking about, or reading from, I'm not even going to be talking about him, I'm just going to be reading. There's, I think, three people that I'm going to be reading about. Um, so at first it talks about them, and then it talks about their Marian devotion, that they have, and then why they're a champion of the rosary. Um, So first I'm going to be doing Venerable Pope Pius XII, the pastor of the rosary. Um, So he was alive from 1876 to 1958. Venerable Pope Pius XII was born in Rome in 1876 to a devout family who instilled in his heart a deep desire for prayer. His father was a particularly pious Third Order Franciscan and helped his young son discern a call to the priesthood. Ordained on Easter Sunday, he served in a variety of capacities as a priest. Pope Benedict XV consecrated him a bishop in the Sistine Chapel on the same day that Mary was making her first appearance in Fatima, May 13, 1917. Years later, after having served the church as the papal nuncio to Germany, he was elected to the chair of St. Peter and took the name Pius because of his great respect for Pope Pius XI. Always a critic of Nazism, Pius XII helped many Jewish people escape from Poland during World War II and even hid many Jews in the Vatican. These actions so impressed the chief rabbi of Rome, Rabbi Israel Zali, that in 1945, after the war, he converted to Catholicism. Pius XII is responsible for making Carol Wojtyla, the future St. John Paul II, a bishop at the young age of 38. Pius XII wrote 41 encyclicals and canonized a number of great Marian saints, including St. Louis de Montfort, 
St. Catherine Labore, and St. Anthony Mary Claret. After the sacred scriptures, he is the most frequently cited authoritative source in the documents from the Second Vatican Council. Venerable Pope Pius XII died on October 9, 1958, and was buried at St. Peter's on October 13th, the anniversary of the miracle of the sun at Fatima, which I think is really cool because he was... Yeah, anyways, okay, we're going to keep going because I don't want to make it too long. Um, Venerable Pope Pius XII is often called the Pope of Mary because of his tender love for the Virgin when he was a young boy. He would spend hours in prayer before an image of Mary at the Jesu, the Jesuit church and general headquarters in Rome. The pious practice often made him late for dinner. When he was ordained a priest, he requested that his first mass be celebrated before the altar of Salus Papuli, Romani, image of Mary in the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore. Upon becoming Pope, he explicitly placed his pontificate under the care of Our Lady of Good Counsel and encouraged all priests to have a tender devotion toward her. He is also known as the Pope of the Assumption because in 1950, he officially declared the dogma that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. According to Sister M. Pascalina Lanert, his housekeeper for 40 years, um, Pius XII saw the miracle of the sun similar to that which occurred at Fatima on four separate occasions. Three of these occurrences were within days of the proclamation of the dogma of the Assumption, and one of them occurred on November 1st, 1950, the actual day of the definition. Pius XII's writings are rich in Marian theology and devotion. In 1947, addressing the Marian Congress in Ottawa, Canada, he noted that because Mary is the mother of the vine, Jesus, she is also the mother of the branches, us. During the marrying year 1953 to 1954, which he himself declared, he personally crowned the image of Salus Papuli Romani and wrote a beautiful prayer calling her the conqueress of evil and death. In Mystici Corporis, his theologically profound encyclical on the church, he described Mary as the neck and heart of the mystical body through which all graces flow. He celebrated the centenary of the pro oh yeah, proclamation, sorry the dogma of the Immaculate Conception in his letter, Fulgens Corona and the Mediator Dei. His encyclical on the liturgy, he emphasized that month of May was to be particularly dedicated to Mary. Additionally, he wrote an encyclical commemorating the century, centenary of Lourdes, um, the Magna Carta for the, solidar for the Sodality of Mary, titled Be Seculare. He so greatly loved the Marian sodality that he is also known as the Pope of Sodalities. He personally erected the World Federation of Sodalities and spoke at the First International Sodality World Congress in September 1954. Um, let's see. Okay, so I'm only going to be reading a little bit more about him and then I'm going to move on to the next but this is partially why he's a champion of the rosary. As a devoted son of Mary, it was only natural for Pius XII to also have a deep love for the rosary. In 1942, on the 25th anniversary of the apparitions at Fatima, with World War II raging, he explicitly invoked the intercession of the Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, asking her to bring about peace in the world. Like so many others before him, he understood the rosary to be the weapon and in particularly stressed that the rosary is similar to David's sling, small but able to bring down the mighty Goliath. He emphasized that the rosary has pride of place among all the devotions of Mary. When he consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in 1942, he explicitly mentioned the Marian title, Queen of the Rosary. 
1946, he wrote a letter to the Archbishop of Manila called Filipinas in Sulas and referred to the rosary as the Todius Evangelii Breviarium, a summary of the entire gospel. During the Marian Congress in the Philippines in 1954, Pius XII delivered a message to it by radio stating that the rosary is the national devotion of the country and calling the Philippines the kingdom of the Holy Rosary. In his audiences with newlyweds, he always exhorted them to pray the rosary throughout their marriage and encouraged parents to teach their children to lay the spiritual flowers of the rosary at the feet of Mary. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next one, so then we can just keep it going. Um, let's see. Oh, so this one I thought was really cool because he's not well known. So... Um, this is Servant of God Dolindo Rultolio. I don't even know how to say his name because he is from Italy. Um, but he is the white martyr of the rosary. And he was alive from 1882 to 1970. So the Servant of God, and I'm reading fast because I think all these stories are really interesting and you don't hear a lot of them. But if you need me to slow down, just let me know because I don't want you guys sitting in here forever. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, well, nobody knows what a white martyr is. It's pretty much like, isn't it they, they, well, you might explain it better almost, but their suffering is here on earth and they're not being killed, but they're enduring great suffering here on earth, pretty much. Like being sick all the time or like having the stigmata. Um, the servant of God, Dolindo Rotello, was born in Naples and is almost unknown outside of Italy. His unique name, Dolindo, means pain. And indeed, he was a white martyr throughout his life. St. Pio of Petrolicina, <laughs> considered him a saint. Frequently, when people went to San Giovanni Rotondo to visit Padre Pio, he would ask why they were visiting him when there was a saint in Naples. Like St. Pio, Dolindo Rotolo was zealous for the faith and frequently misunderstood by both the hierarchy and contemporary theologians. Rotolo was a priest with a Neapolitan temperament, not known to mince words when it came to opposing the historical critical method of scripture scholarship. He zealously wrote against its abuse and warned people of its dangers. As a result, he had his priestly faculties to publicly celebrate the sacraments removed on several occasions. To this day, there is a story circulating in Naples that Our Lady appeared to Venerable Pope Pius XII and exhorted him to give priestly faculties back to Dolindo immediately. Providentially, Pius XII intervened so that Dolindo could once again publicly celebrate the sacraments. A devout priest and avid scholar, Dolindo has been called the scribe of the Holy Spirit. He penned a 33-volume commentary on Holy Scripture as well as many other theological works. He wanted people to read good books on theology and devotion, and so he founded the Apostolato Stampa Press in order to publish orthodox theological works. He was an extraordinary musician, a third-order Franciscan, and slept less than three hours a night due to his intense prayer. So that brings you comfort for those of you who don't sleep at night. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> um, and erudite theologian, and author Delindo wrote many works on Our Lady and various commentaries on the Magnificat and the vis visitation of Mary to her relative Elizabeth. He understood Our Lady to be at the very heart of Christianity and theology and included her in almost all of his theological writings. During the last 10 years of his life, he referred to himself as the Madonna's little old man. In his old age, he suffered from extreme arthritis and paralysis. 
yet he persevered through the pain to write a trilogy of books on Our Lady. His Marian trilogy was written to defend the Marian teachings of the Church. Dolindo was very devoted to both Our Lady of Lourdes and the message of Fatima. He zealously promoted devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and emphasized that May was Mary's month. The month of May was particularly prominent in his devotion to Mary because he understood the human heart to be like a flower that needs to be cultivated by Mary. He also had a special love for the souls in purgatory. In the course of his various devotions to Mary, he offered up all his actions to Mary in order to help the poor souls. Throughout his, and this is his quote-unquote, why he's the champ, one of the champions of the rosary. Throughout the priesthood, it was rare for anyone to see the servant of God, Dolindo Luotolo, without a rosary in his hand. The rosary was his constant companion, an accomplished musician. As he was, he was very fond of referring to the rosary in musical terms and considered the rosary to be a spiritual instrument. He deeply regretted that modernism had reduced the prominence of the rosary in the lives of many Catholics and empathetically preached that the rosary was not a tedious prayer of, re of re repetition, but a method for contemplating the saving mysteries of life. Um, on the other hand, he was quick to note that the rosary prayed poorly is comparable to laying dead leaves at the feet of the Queen of Heaven. But he always encouraged people to pray the rosary devoutly and stressed that a rosary well prayed is like laying roses, which we already know, um, at Our Lady's feet. Dolindo lived through both World War I and World War II. He saw the rosary as a weapon in spiritual life, referring to the rosary as a sword and a machine gun in our spiritual, spiritual arsenal. In his homilies, he often informed his listeners that every Hail Mary was a shot fired at Satan and the forces of darkness. He had a profound understanding of Our Lady's necessary role in bringing us to closer to Christ and believed that Our Lady, the mediatrics of all grace, and the spiritual power grid that distributes all the graces to the members of the Church, extending the metaphor he emphasized to the Rosary. Um, the metaphor... Yeah. Anyways, me, as a means of tapping into the power grid, praying the rosary. And this is the very last one. Um, St. Pope John Paul the twenty-third, And he is the shepherd of the rosary. Um, 1881 to 1963 was when he lived, and this one's the shortest one of all. Um, St. Pope John Paul the twenty-third was born in the Lombardy region of Italy and had 13 brothers and sisters. While in the seminary, he became the Third Order Franciscan. Over the course of his priestly life, he served the Holy See in several diplomatic assignments, including an appointment as the Papal Nuncio to France during World War II. While Nuncio, he helped save many, which I think it's funny because all these people ha were involved in some way in World War II um, and were alive then. While while, during World War II, while Nuncio, he helped save many Jewish people from the horrors of the Holocaust. Elected to the papacy in 1958, he's chosen to lead the church during the initial years of the turbulent 1960s. Aware that there was a cultural shift occurring in society, he opened the historic Second Vatican Council in October of 1962. His frequent habit of sneaking out of the Vatican at night to walk the streets of Rome earned him his nickname, Johnny Walker. He is often referred to... <laughs> He is often referred to as the Pope of St. Joseph because he did much to promote devotion to St. Joseph. He had a great sense of humor. Once when asked how many people worked at the Vatican, he responded, about half. Good Pope, <laughs> um, good Pope John Paul, or Pope John the Twenty-Third, died of stomach cancer in 1963. So I think he was only Pope for three years. Um, from his youth, John the Twenty-Third, 
Yeah, John the 23rd had a great, it's in Roman numerals, so sometimes I feel like I'm reading it wrong, but I'm not. Um, had a great love of Our Lady, especially Our Lady of Perpetual Help. As a priest, he showed a particular, particular love for Marian shrines and visited them frequently. He visited Fatima in Portugal, Chesterhove in Poland, and Lourdes, his favorite Marian shrine in France. He first went to Lourdes in 1905 and afterwards made numerous pilgrimages there as a nuncio. During his time as Archbishop of Venice, he consecrated the new Basilica of Lourdes on behalf of the Pope. He believed that piety towards the Most Holy Virgin was the mark of a truly Catholic heart. He did much to promote devotion to Mary during his pontificate. Prior to opening, to the opening of Second Vatican Council, he journeyed to the Holy House of Loreto to ask for Mary's intercession for the Council. He is responsible for the canonization of many Marian saints, especially St. Vincent Pallotti and St. Peter Julian Amard. He is a champion of the Rosary uh, because as a young child, St. Joseph, St. Pope, oh my goodness, John the 23rd loved the rosary and prayed it every evening with his family. He carried this love of the rosary into his priesthood when he served as Archbishop of Venice. He prayed 15 decades of the rosary every day. After he was elected to the papacy, the first encyclical of his pontificate was an encyclical on the rosary titled Grata Recordatio, Grateful Memory. In it, he explicitly referred to and praised the rosary encyclicals of Pope Leo the 20, of Pope Leo the 13th, affirming that the rosary is a social remedy for troubled times in which the in which he was chosen to lead the church. His love of the rosary was so great that he established a daily schedule during his papacy that allowed him to pray the entire rosary every day. He would pray the joyful mysteries in the morning, the sorrowful mysteries in the afternoon, and at 7.30 p.m. every evening he would pray the glorious mysteries with the members of the papal household, his secretary, the religious sisters, and the housekeepers. He published a series of meditations on the various mysteries of the rosary and noted that after Holy Mass, the liturgy of the hours, the rosary has pride of place among all Christians and devotions. He greatly supported the servant of God, Patrick Payton, in his efforts to promote rosary crusades and the family rosary and encouraged everyone to pray the rosary. He considered the rosary to be the simplest and easiest of form of prayer. That's it. I'm all done. <laughs>